Well, good morning, Element Church, and welcome to our online worship experience and happy Easter. We are so excited to have this opportunity this morning to celebrate Easter and the resurrection. Now, I know everything about our lives recently has changed. Uh, things have been altered, postponed, moved around, uh, delayed, or even canceled. But we're celebrating today because Easter hasn't been canceled. If the grave couldn't hold Jesus down, then we know social distancing doesn't stand a chance. And as we celebrate and talk about the resurrection today, I want to I look at the resurrection from the perspective of someone whose life was radically changed by meeting the resurrected Jesus. And that man is Paul. You see, the early part of Paul's life, he devoted to destroying and fighting against everything that Jesus and his followers stood for. As a matter of fact, he, he devoted a lot of his early life to traveling around to different towns and cities um, in the Roman Empire, uh, finding Christians, rounding them up, and persecuting, arresting, and even at times endorsing their execution. But all of that changed the day that he met Jesus face to face after the resurrection. And Paul's life was so radically changed that he went from being the greatest destroyer of the early church to its greatest builder. Maybe perhaps one of the greatest builders and leaders of the entire church for the last 2,000 years. And what I want us to do is look at the resurrection from his perspective. Now, as Paul's life was changed, he would travel around starting new churches, sharing about the gospel, the story of Jesus, his life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And then as he would continue to travel on to start new churches and new and more towns, he would write letters back to these other churches that he had helped uh, to lead and start. In the days before the internet and phones and social media, letters was the best they could do. And so we have a bunch of Paul's letters that he would write to these churches uh, to encourage them and to teach them. And one of those letters we call 1 Corinthians because it just so happens to be the first letter that we have that Paul writes to Christians who live in the ancient city of Corinth, which is uh, on modern day Greece. And so I want to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 as we talk about the resurrection today. And it begins like this in verse 3. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and then he appeared to Cephas, that's the Aramaic version of Peter's name, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he also appeared to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And here's what I love about this passage is that Paul is getting to the heart of everything that we celebrate this weekend, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And then what happens next? And he starts to talk about how Jesus appeared to all of these people uh, and made such a difference in their lives. At one point, he even says, uh, Jesus appeared to 500 people and, and he says most of them are still alive. I, I love this idea because it's almost like Paul's giving an invitation to his audience. Like, hey, you don't even have to take my word for it. Like, most of these people are alive. You can go talk to them yourself. You can go ask them yourself. And he, he continues on and then he gets to himself. And, and he says here, the last of all, the least of these apostles. Paul says, and then in the end, Jesus appeared to me, a guy who deserved it least than anyone. Because Paul recognized that so much of his early life was devoted 
to destroying and breaking up the church. But then Jesus appeared to him and it changed everything. And this is how he describes what, what happened in him. You see, seeing the resurrected Jesus didn't just change the way he saw Jesus or how he saw the world around him. It even changed how he saw himself. And he said, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. That's such an interesting statement. I am what I am. And I, I want us to think about that for just a minute. And uh, I, I want to ask you, how, how would you finish this statement? I am blank. How would, how would you fill that blank in? I am blank. Now, there's a lot of different ways that many of us would answer that. Uh, you might say, I'm rich or I'm poor. Uh, I'm young or I'm old. You might say, I'm uh, single or I'm married or I'm married or I'm divorced. I'm successful or I'm a failure. I'm smart or I'm stupid. There's so many different ways that we try to answer that question. I am blank. Sometimes we answer that question consciously. Sometimes we answer it subconsciously. Sometimes we answer that question based off what we have done, what the things that we've worked really hard to accomplish, um, what we want to answer it. Sometimes we answer that question. Sometimes we fill in that blank based off what other people tell us is supposed to be there. Sometimes we fill in that blank based on what we've done and how hard we've worked and what we've worked to accomplish. Sometimes we fill in that blank based on what other people have done to us. You know, a lot of these things change over time too. I'm going to guess that for some of us, the way we'd answer it today is a little different than maybe we would have even answered it uh, several weeks or months ago. Like maybe several weeks or months ago, you would have said, I am happy. I am employed. I am fulfilled. I am secure. I am safe. I am healthy. I am confident. But maybe because things have changed, you're looking at your life now and maybe you would answer it a little differently. I'm scared. I'm unemployed. I'm a failure. I'm worried. I'm unhealthy. I'm unsure about the future. But let me, let me ask you this. At the core of who you are, have you really changed? Have the last few weeks or months really changed who you are? Now, I know that circumstances change. That, that happens in life. Sometimes we, we can say, I am single and, and then I am married. Circumstances change, labels change, but at the core of who you are, not just labels that you or someone else would want to put on you, at the core of who you are, how you would fill in that blank, have the last few weeks or months really changed it? Here's what I love about the passage we just read is the way that Paul answers that question and the motivations for the way he answers it. He, he gets his identity. Paul answers that question or fills in that blank based off of first, as we saw the resurrection of Jesus. And then there in verse 10, by the grace of God. I love that Paul finds his identity. His I am is built on the resurrection and the grace of God. And here's why that is such a powerful idea. That means that for Paul and for those like him, those who would call themselves a Christian, that our identity, listen, it's not pain and suffering free, but it is pain and suffering proof. That when we find our identity in the grace of God and the resurrection, that we don't have to be defined any longer by other people's labels or the work that we put into it, 
but that we find a new way to find our identity. So if that's true, if, if for a Christian, if someone who follows Jesus, someone like Paul, who, who the, the resurrection has changed everything about us, how would we fill that in? What would Paul say if, if we asked him that question? Fill in the blank. I am blank. Well, the cool thing is we don't have to wonder because Paul does tell us. And so what we're going to do is we're going to jump to another letter that Paul wrote. We were in 1 Corinthians. Now we're going to jump into 2 Corinthians because that's the second letter that we have uh, from Paul that he writes to the same group of Christians. And we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and I want us to start reading in verse 14. It says this, For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who might live, those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. I love how Paul ties here the death and the resurrection of Jesus into our identity. How he talks about how that Jesus has died for all, therefore all have died. This is a key part of how Paul understands his identity. How he would answer this question, I am blank, is because he recognizes that Paul, the old Paul, the Paul that went around fighting against what Jesus and his followers stood for, the old Paul who fought against and tried to destroy the church, the old Paul who didn't buy in to all that Jesus was claiming to be and teaching, that old Paul, he died. And as Paul says, that because Jesus has died, those who, who trust in him, those like Paul who believe in him, they've died too. You see, the first part of finding your identity and tying it to the resurrection of Jesus and to the grace of God is recognizing that we die too. And so he says that Jesus died, so all have died. Then it says this, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Not only do we die, but because of Jesus, because he lives, because he was raised, because of his resurrection, something is going to change for us too. Verse 16, from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. What Paul's saying is, I used to judge Jesus uh, by outward appearances. I, I used to judge him uh, in certain ways about what I could just see on the surface or hear. But now because he was raised, but now because of the resurrection, I look at Jesus in a whole new light. For Paul, he says, now we look at everyone in a whole new light. Because of the resurrection, we, we recognize that there is more than just what meets the eye. We recognize that there's more to life than just what we see and experience and feel on the surface. And then here it is. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Paul says, if anyone can say, I am in Christ, then they get to say, I am new. That's why we celebrate the resurrection. The resurrection isn't just about Jesus dying 
and being resurrected back to new life. We celebrate Easter because for anyone who says, I am in Christ, we also, with Jesus, get to say, I am new. For those who trust Jesus, who give their life to Jesus, who place their their faith over into Jesus, just as he died, we die. Our old selves die. As Paul said here, the old, it passes away. The old part of us that was tied to circumstances, the old part of us that was tied to what others think of us and what other people tell us we should be, that old self that's defined by what we do and what others have done to us, that old self that at every new twist and turn in life, our identity is completely lost again, that old self dies. And for those who are in Christ, not only do we experience the death with him, we experience the resurrection and new life. So today we come together to celebrate and to declare, I am new. And the invitation is for you today to be able to say that same thing, that right where you sit doesn't mean that all of our circumstances change. It doesn't, it doesn't change necessarily certain labels that sometimes get put on us. But what it does change is how we find our identity, that our identity becomes no longer controlled by others or circumstances, but our identity is found in the resurrection of Jesus and the grace of God. And we get to look at this world and say, I am new. And so that's our invitation for you today to look at your life and and say, how, how would I fill in that blank? I am blank. And if the answer isn't, I am new, then we want to invite you to make that a reality for you today. Right where you sit, wherever you are, wherever you're watching this from, today the invitation is for you to be made new, to place your trust and your faith into the resurrected Jesus, who has defeated sin, who has defeated death, And because he defeated those and claimed victory, we now get to experience new life in him. And so wherever you sit today, that's our invitation. That's our encouragement. That's our challenge. Finding your new life in Christ by coming to a place of belief and faith and giving your life to Jesus. Asking him to come and be the Lord and the leader of your life so that we can celebrate today that Easter hasn't been canceled, death couldn't hold him down, then nothing we experience today can hold him down either. And that means that for those of us who find our identity in Jesus, nothing this world can throw at us can change who we are. Thank you for joining us for worship today. Let me pray for us together. Lord Jesus, thank you that, that you have given us the opportunity to die to our old selves, those old selves that are full of fear and insecurity, those old selves that are, that are full of, of the unknown, those old selves that are so dependent on us working hard and they're so, so easily swayed by others or circumstances. And that because of your sacrificial death, we get to die to our old selves too. And that for those who are in you, who find their identity in you, who find their identity as those who believe and trust and follow you, 
that today we get to celebrate that we are new. Jesus, I pray that you would make that a reality on the inside. Lord, that wherever we come from today, whatever baggage we carry in with us, that today you give us the freedom to lay it down, to place everything we have in your hands, and to declare, I am new. Jesus, that you would do a powerful and a new work in all of our minds, all of our hearts, and all of our lives today as we celebrate your victory. We love you. We praise you. We praise in your name. Amen.